Welcome to the Healing Hour. I am your host, Athena Rodriguez, and we'll be having some healing conversations. Welcome to this week's episode of the Healing Hour. Today we have our wonderful guest, Hi India. Everybody. How are you guys? Good oh, to be here. Yes. So tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Okay, so I'm born and raised in Houston, Texas, H-Town living, and I have my own podcast. I model and I act, and I'm currently in nursing school. So Awesome. Okay, so today we have a special episode where we're going to be talking about the steps to healing. Um, India's podcast is similar to my podcast in a sense to we talk about growth, spiritual wellness, and things of that nature. So she's a little bit of an expert herself. So we're going to be talking about that today. And the name of her podcast is Bloom and Be Podcast, yes, and it's available on all streaming um, devices, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so check it out, and we're gonna we're gonna remind you again at the end of this podcast yes, to check it out. <laughs> yes. So, um, I guess today, like I said, we're gonna be speaking a little bit more about our um, both of our healing journeys. So, for you, where did it start? Okay, so. Healing is not a one-day thing, you know what I mean? It's definitely a process, and I think when it comes to healing, a lot of people don't acknowledge the fact of, like, what takes like what it takes to get there. Um, for me personally, I was, like I mentioned, I mentioned this in my previous podcast as well, but um, I think oftentimes we need to kind of look at ourselves and realize what we put our energy into, what we put our money into, and, you know, when we say, oh, well, like, therapy is too expensive or this and that or I, I make excuses basically right and you look at how much money you're spending in on your nails and your hair and your outfits and you know men go to the gucci store every week to pop out in the club for one night thousand dollars right. on a shirt and outfit you know and it's like we don't put that same energy into our well-being so for me it was more so taking a break and sacrificing the things that i wanted to take care of outwardly mm. and just investing that into myself inwardly and what I noticed is that I had to get into a deep phase of isolation to elevate and just better myself overall. Um, the first step to healing is acknowledging what I need help with, my flaws, my toxic tendencies, my trauma, my wounds. And, you know, when you're young, I feel like you don't realize what you're going through in the midst of the moment. Like when your parents go through divorce, there's nobody to tell you like, hey, baby, it's not your fault. Like mommy and daddy love you, you know what I mean? Or just acknowledge the things that you're going through in that moment. So acknowledging and just investing into bettering yourself and helping yourself. Exactly. No, I feel that um, that's something that uh, I had to assess too. Like how much are we actually spending our money on things that are going to help better us? Right. You know, like I feel like especially um, like in ethnic families, we are, we've been kind of sold to where um, if, you know, if you invest in therapy, that means there's something's wrong with you. 
you know, instead of going to therapy would better be not even just you, but your family, your society, everyone around you benefits off of um, taking those steps to better yourself. Um, you know, like I've had I've had people tell me, tell me, OK, I can't afford therapy. <laughs> and I'm like, you can afford um well, my therapy, there's so many outlets now. There like, is. For example, like, um, when I first uh, pursued therapy, it was through um, Cerebral. It's an app. Okay. And they, and they hook you up with a certified therapist and a, and a um, psych- psychiatrist as well if you need it. Um, and so that was only $300 a month. I'm like, I know y'all spend more than three hundred dollars a month. The on nails, your nails, everything. Yeah, that's 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 your nail budget for the month, and the investments that that make. Like, I feel like the idea of making long term investments in ourselves isn't something that we um, are accustomed to, especially in our generation. Like, it's like we do all these things to look good for other people, but what? How much money do we spend feeling good as we look? I agree. And have you noticed that, like, you know, for me personally, I feel like you and me, especially I know this about you, but you have a good read on people and, like, you can see right through things. But have you noticed, like, especially in today's society, everything is, like, disguised as good looking or, you know, like, people will really put on a front and act like they're happy, like, just you know, it's just today's norm to just self-sabotage in a way where you're just feeding your body and your mind and your soul negativity, like drinking, smoking, partying, spending so much money every weekend and not realizing how much like emotional suffering somebody's going through on the inside. Because like I said, like you haven't really like tapped into yourself and just developed like the roots of like okay why am I this way you know um have you ever took like therapy yourself I'm pretty sure you have but like what are the differences that you feel before therapy because I know you've always been mentally strong and you've always like invested time into yourself as far as meditation and stuff which I love that about you thank you and I really do admire (laughs) that about you because that's probably why you're so like sane all the time and I feel like even when you are going through something, you're able to really just put up a stronghold. So I really admire that about you. But I really want to ask you, like, what are the differences between before and after therapy that you feel like you found helped you? I would say that um, I would say the catalyst to get me to actually enroll in therapy is I kind of had to assess that, OK, for so long, I've been doing things myself and I've been providing for myself, doing things for myself, um, wanting better for myself, and I was dealing with my emotions by myself, you know, because, like, as strong women, we feel like we can't give that to someone else, and so I had to just assess that, okay, the way I'm doing things isn't working right now. (laughs) Like, it's not cutting it. Um, So I was actually, I had hit rock bottom, and so I, w- I went through, like, a major depressive stage. Um, and I literally was, I literally was like, I don't want to be here anymore. Wow. You know? Like, so rock bottom. Rock career. bottom. Like, I don't want to be here anymore, um, you know. And so I just found some type of, you know, I just found one, I guess, like, beacon of hope of where, okay, I want to live. Like, it was just that one idea, 
And so when I decided that I do want to live on this earth and I do want to um, join everyone <laughs> in the world, I had to say, okay, let me ad- let me start addressing my mental health like an illness mm. and not a cold. Because like with colds, I feel like that's how I was um, assessing my mental health. Like, okay, it comes and goes. Mm. You know, so I would do a little something to make myself feel better. Temporarily. And then, yeah, temporarily. So it's not like, you know what I'm saying, like with cancer, right? Like cancer, we treat it as an illness. So it's like we have to do all these things to make sure that the cancer stays away, you know? So it's actively healing mm-hmm. when you're not feeling at your lowest. Because it's easy to go and seek help whenever you're at your lowest. But right. it's not easy that. whenever you're actually feeling well. But those moments, I always found came crashing down. Mm. So it's like, I feel good right now, and then I'm not going to feel good later. So let me put these things in practice every single day um, so, so that way I don't hit rock bottom mm-hmm. again. Because I was like, I'm never going back. <laughs> I love that. And I love what you um, mentioned earlier when you said a lot of people feel like therapy, when you take therapy, it's like there's something wrong with you. And all it is is maintenance, you know, just to, like, be consistent in your well-being and, you know, just focus on your three homes. I'm big on mind, body, and soul, you know. And um, I definitely feel that, and I'm glad that you shared that because it's just very vulnerable for a lot of people to even share that they've been at that spot where, like, hey, like, I don't want to be here, I don't want to deal with this, or just giving up. Um, a lot of people do get overwhelmed in their own crisis because there's not enough support or, you know, whatever the case may be. Me personally, I've experienced that as well. So I definitely empathize with you when you mentioned that. Um, I think another thing that's helped me personally with my healing, right? Um, everybody goes through different things in their life. Me personally, with the family that I grew up in, especially coming from an Indian household, it was very, like, unstable because of, like, things that were taught in their childhood being passed down Mm -hmm. and being raised here in America compared to being raised by parents that are from a whole different country who stand on different traditions and values. It was just a lot of comparison. Um, Comparison is a thief of joy, you know, and that makes you want to seek validation from others. Like, okay, you're growing up being compared by your own parents who you look up to as a kid to other kids and look at what they're doing. Look at what, he and she's doing, uh, finished, got it, became a doctor, whatever the case may be. And, right. you know, I think that when you're in your process of healing, you need to find validation in yourself and knowing your own worth, knowing who you are and not comparing yourself to others or not comparing yourself to um, other people's problems. And or people will see rich people and be like, they have no problems. Like, right. you know what I mean? And I just feel like no matter who you are, how much money you have, or how poor you are, like we all kind of battle the same things on the inside, you know. Um, I think another thing that helps me as well is meditation as well, like, you know, just getting out into nature, putting my phone away. I don't know if you feel the same way, but social media literally is taking up so much time from, I think, everybody. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's just getting bad, you know what I mean? And I think it's just all about refocusing your energy and focus onto things that just help you and that mean something, you know? Right. No, I definitely feel you. Whenever I did, I did, like, a short, like, uh, break from social media. Um, 
not because it was stressing me out, but because I had to seek something outside of myself. And when it was crunch time for me to to get the things that I wanted to get accomplished, I couldn't. I could. It, it did me no good. Like you said, um, comparisons a thief of joy. So while I'm trying to, while I was trying to work hard to finish what I needed to finish in that period of time, I was like, okay, like figure, like being distracted by the facade that other people put on is not, it's pretty detrimental to my own mission. And so, and also like, it's not, um, it's just not, it's just not real life. You know, I think we all know people like that are on social media living a, a, a make-believe <laughs> life, you know, because it, it's human nature to want people to think that you're doing well. Um, and to, to a fact to where when we go through ordinary, everyday things, um, because none of us are perfect. Mm-hmm. Like I said in my last podcast, like, like, point me to a perfect person, I'll point you to a liar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, point me to a healed person, I'll point you to a liar. Like, none of us are, none of us completely have it together. But social media is a tool to try to make people believe that we have it all together. And I think um, transparency is something that we lack as a, as a society, mm. you know. That's so big. And, you know, like, what I've been trying to do more so on my own social media is, like, I'll, like, post a picture every day and I'll put, um, like, different emojis, like a happy face, a sad face, a mad face, and I'll just ask them, like, how are y'all feeling today? Mm -hmm. And whoever votes, I'll check in on them and be like, let's talk about it, you know? Because I know that a lot of people don't express or have the room to express how they're feeling with the whole transparency situation, but just building that camaraderie camaraderie with anybody, you know? Like, you just don't know who's going through things, so being transparent is so big. Um, And I wanted to get into this subject on, because we're talking about healing, right? Um, I wanted to share a quick little story, um, and it's really about forgiveness, right? Right. Um, I think people underestimate the power of forgiveness when it comes to healing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've heard of this saying, but when you have trauma, right, your brain can't store all of the trauma, so it distributes it to your body. And that's yeah. why you wake up with back pain or knots here or, you know, just like leg, knee pains. And people think it's just from working out or just it's really not it's stored trauma and the thing is is if we don't like attack these things now head on then later on in life it just becomes baggage and it builds and it builds and soon enough you're going to have weight on your shoulders that you're not going to be able to like lift up you know um but I had this situation with somebody that was so close and dear to me just a form of betrayal abandonment and it put me back in like a really just like a deep rock bottom stage. Um, I'm pretty sure everybody's experienced this, but a friendship breakup, I feel like is the worst breakup. Oh, yeah, out those of, are hard. Those are hard. I feel hard like is. out of everything that you can go through, like a deep, close sister-like friend or a homeboy or brother-like friend, it's very hard to get uh, overcome and, you know, get through. But what I realized is that three years after, like, me and this person stopped talking, I noticed that I was happy I had a circle of great friends. I had a support system and everything was going so well in my life. And I would wake up randomly feeling kind of down. Mm. I would randomly just feel off. I would randomly like get lack of sleep. And I would be like praying to God, like, why am I feeling so depressed? Like, why am I feeling like this? And I realized it was stored up trauma and it was from years ago. And it was because I I didn't really forgive this person like I thought I did. 
And a lot of times we think that when we forgive somebody, we're just distancing ourselves. We forget about it. And that's that. But forgiveness is really being able to operate in your absolute biggest form of love and compassion and kindness and still being able to like pray for them, pray for your enemies, still be able to think about them and be like, you know what? I want to see you do good, even if you did do me wrong, because when you have that those wounds and that hurt, the hurt turns into anger. And so when you see angry people, you look at them and you're like, why is this person so angry? And you point them out to be such a bad person when really they're just hurt from some type of pain that they experience and the lack of the forgiveness that they put out there. So forgiveness is one of the biggest things that's helped me heal from my wounds and my trauma. And I know me and Athena have talked about this on our like girls night days, but we always like talk about our family and our upbringing and how we have like just trauma from like our parents not being able to, you know, just like you said, we're not perfect. So how do you feel like, you know, you deal with that with your parents? How is the relationship and how have you overcame that like now as far as wounds? Like I definitely, um, I definitely wholeheartedly like agree with um, with your comment that you know pain distributes itself. Like there's this book I recommend y'all all to read it. It's called The Body Keeps Score, mm, and okay. so it, it touches on the same subject that um, that you were talking about. To where it, it physically ails you. Like trauma begins to be embedded in your DNA. So the trauma that you endure literally starts to show up in your DNA and passed on generationally, mm, you true. know, and that's how we that's where we get this stored generational trauma. And especially as women, we need to work very hard to heal this because we store our pain in our womb, mm. you know, so we have a direct spot in our body to where we are storing so much pain. And I feel like. um you know, just like the trauma that, like, my mother has endured and her mother and her mother before her, you know, like, it's up to us to break those curses. Mm. Um, and that's why it gets passed down because it's yes. like, yeah, that, that makes sense. Exactly. Wow. So it's like, it's no it's no surprise that, you know, women of color suffer so hard from, um, like, a lot of, uh, like, endometriosis and things of that nature wow. because of all of the past traumas that's been associated with our body, um, it's literally genetically passed on. So I think one thing that I've made it a point to do was to see see my parents as people and not necessarily my parents, mm. and to see them as people who are deserving of grace and are deserving of forgiveness. Um, and, you know, like... Some parent more than the other. Like, you know, it's easy to forgive the parent that apologizes. Of course. And so with me and me and my mom, um, you know, her apologizing for the things that she, you know, subjected me to as a teen mom. Um, Your mom apologized to you? Yes. At what, like what, when, what age? Was it like growing up or did it have to get to that point of like? I definitely think whenever I got older. So that's the thing about about going through your healing journey, right? It affects everyone around you. So as you may not think it's a big deal to start going to therapy, you don't know who you're rubbing off on. And so I definitely think bringing my teachings to my mom and being actually able to express myself more to her that I didn't get that chance whenever we were both growing up mm -hmm. as I was a child, it inspired her to go on her own healing journey. 
so now like she does like a bible study and now she is looking to a counselor um and i think part of that was inspired by me <laughs> i feel like do you ever feel like you're the black sheep of your family yeah, like, I, all the time like, like you're you're the person who's supposed to be breaking that chain exactly and that's a blessing so good for you because that's freaking beautiful Girl, <laughs> that so. you're able to like you know because i see so many people struggling with like their own parents or like i don't know if you guys have seen like the black china with like oh yeah trying to heal and it's just so much baggage you know baggage. and i feel that because it's hard because you know your parent has a perspective and then mm -hmm. the child has a perspective and it's just all about understanding but that's that's beautiful that you're able to yes. and it's know. been a long journey like it's something that like I just made it a point not to give up on being my mom's relationship. Wow. Um, and it takes two, you know? So it's but it, it's love. been times where I've been put where I've put my mom on ice. Like there's been times like like when I first moved to Houston, like you know what I'm saying? Like there's just been boundary setting to where it's like, okay, you're getting on my nerves. <laughs> or it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like if she's not receiving what I there's still times where she where I don't believe that she fully receives my emotions and doesn't validate them the way I want to. Okay. So in turn, I find myself, okay, well, I'm going to remove myself this time. We'll try again another time. But little by little, brick by brick, we're able to build a right. solid foundation um, that, you know, whenever I was younger, we wanted to kill each other. <laughs> we didn't get along. We didn't understand each other. Mm -hmm. um, now with age, I feel like that's something that, we're able to actually put a grasp on. Now, the parent that never apologized, that's a little harder. So, you know, like, I, I don't, I'm not really in contact with my dad. So, um, you know what I'm saying? I never really got that full apology. Like, okay, like, I'm sorry for abandoning you. Um, it was just excuses. Mm. When I did talk to him, it was just like, oh, well, your mom didn't include me. So... That's it. Instead of saying, oh, well, the, here's why I fucked up as a father, and here is how we move on. Right. So because I never really got met with that um, apology and never really got met, I've had it's been very, very, very hard to forgive somebody who's not sorry. So do you feel like you're still um, holding on, not necessarily to a grudge, but do you feel like you still have baggage that's left? you know, on your heart from your dad? Or do you think you've kind of, like, been able to forgive him? I definitely think it's been a it's been a day-by-day day thing. Okay, like, okay. it's been it's been a step-by-step. Still step getting step. there. And that, that's, yeah, that's we're good, still though. getting there. Like, yeah. we're healing every day. So it's, like, the resentment, I think, subsided. Because whenever I was younger, it was, like, like, mm. like not going to, like, I never hated him, but it was, like, it was a resentment. Gotcha. And then it turned into, first it was a sadness when I was a kid. And then as a teenager, it turned into resentment. And then it kind of just grew into full-blown, like, apathy. Like, it is what it is. Mm. And so I still find myself, I still find this wound being highlighted in my relationships. Oh. So even though I've put it off, like, it doesn't, it doesn't make me feel sad or mad anymore. Now it's reflecting. So I find myself having to deal with it in the relationships, the romantic relationships mm. that I deal with. So how do you think that um, that manifests, like, in your, uh, in your reality, like, your trauma with your family you know so I'm, I'm gonna tell you like this okay I was in the same position as far as like taking it day by day and working on my the forgiveness with my dad um and then like I said me and my dad we haven't talked in like years like I'm talking about like 
10, 12 years just not talking. And, you know, I heard that he got admitted into the hospital like a week ago. Um, and I don't really talk about, I didn't tell any of my friends, it's like nobody knew, but he got admitted because he had a stroke and he had previous heart attacks prior to that and almost lost his life. But I don't know, he's just a warrior, so I guess he overcomes it. Um, but, you know, I realized, it, it, I called him and I, I went out my way and I was like, let me put everything to the side. Let me call my father, because I usually call him by his first name. <laughs> I was like, let me call my father, because at the end of the day, he's still my dad. And it takes a lot of strength to oh, yeah. overcome everything that you're feeling just to be there for somebody that you don't even know what the relationship is. And when I talked to him, um, you know, I think it just came from a place of like, you know what, he's getting old and not everybody gets a chance to change in the way that like it's it's a blessing that you're able to be as wise as you are at your age it's a blessing that we're able to receive the gifts of wisdom and patience and understanding but not everybody gets to receive that young you know everybody has their own journey but I guess it just humbled me because it's like a discernment from God just telling me hey look life is short and you can't spend the rest of your life holding on to things no matter what situation it is because if you expect to get forgiven for the things that you did, you know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, we can't be victims forever. Yeah. You know, we we all have um, a phase in our life where we hurt other people or we push our trauma onto people. And I think just realizing that my family grew up in a whole different culture. They grew up with their own trauma. They grew up with their own toxic parents and, you know, like a condition to learn a certain way. And me being able to understand that kind of reflected my relationship with my dad now. And now I'm just cherishing him and trying to just be there and show him that hey like I can there's still love like you didn't get um his dad died when he was like 14 very young um he, his mom wasn't around so I'm wanting to show my dad love even though um I'm not able to just give it in the most open way I'm trying to show him before the time permits you know because I'm, I'm understanding that it's closer to the age so just understanding that life is short and you don't want to live off of regrets you know, just because of a temporary emotion. Um, when we die, like, our emotions are not going to be there. Our emotions are so temporary, which is why we can't be moved by emotions. You know, we have to, like, control it with our mind because, you know, you don't want to destroy yourself or, like I said, self-sabotage in the midst of feeling a certain type of way, you know? Right. There's definitely there's definitely strength and forgiveness, um, and that's something that... Um, you know, like, despite despite my own feelings of whatever bitterness that I reserved, um, being able to forgive my dad and not feel that resentment and, like, forgive my mom and give her grace um, in the same way that I received forgiveness and grace from God um, has been so empowering to me because um, I always live by the um, not forgiving by not forgiving someone else, it's like drinking poison and, like, waiting to see their reaction. Like, I'm yes. going to drink this poison yes. and look at you and be like, mm, I hope you feel this. Like, they're not. <laughs> they are so not going to feel it as intensely as you do um, because you're the one going through it. Exactly. You know, so you can't drink the poison and look at somebody and expect them to hurt. Exactly. You know, you're just, you know, you're hurting yourself literally physically. I agree. And you know how you um, mentioned that, like, you're still taking it day by day, right? Yes. Um, you know what? Like, I really do, like, want you to try praying for him 
and mm-hmm. like speaking life into your father right. like in a way where it's like you know what like he's gonna change he's gonna he's gonna know what real love is he's gonna he's gonna one day be able to acknowledge like his wrongs because when you do that you're not only helping yourself but you're helping him too right. you know what i mean so that way there's room for him to grow him to change and for you to heal and for you to change like both people are winning whereas when you're just like shifting and distancing yourself and forgetting about somebody then it's like you're only like looking out for yourself when i don't know if you heard this quote i don't know who's it by but it was like have you not destroyed an enemy by making them your friend you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. just being able to like i said operate in love instead of hurt yeah definitely i feel like it's definitely been um it's definitely been a journey um in a sense to where um I kind of had to come to the realization uh, whenever I did pursue a relationship with him as a teenager. um, Whenever I got reconnected with my dad, I was like very, I was so eager to restore a relationship Mm -hmm. to where I actually was advised by my mom to, like, she was really worried about, is he going to hurt her again? So she, uh, as to where I looked at it as pessimism, I was like, how do you know? Like, well, he's in my life now, so right. don't, you know, inject negative energy. And as an adult, I see where my mom's coming from because I was still a fragile child. So mm. when he disappointed me again, I was like, oh, okay, so this is just somebody we have to love from afar. Patterns. And I feel like as an adult, we have to assess who can we love, who can we love closely? Right. And who can we forgive and love? from afar without wrecking ourselves Mm. because I feel like a lot of times we give people um we give people too much weight in our lives to affect us um and so just like I said like with my my whole dad situation it's like okay I'm not gonna give you permission to hurt me again I'm not I'm not giving you that permission and that's just gonna have to be okay with you I agree and it's like you know, no hard feelings, but unless someone starts coming around with some consistency, it's like, you know, you know I where do. to find me. I do <laughs> believe that certain doors, like, need to be closed for other doors to open, yeah. even in your healing journey, you know, like, um, that goes for friend groups, family, even the closest people to you can be the ones to, like, bring you down constantly, you know? So right. I agree with that, like, loving from afar and making sure that you're not, like, taking 10 steps backwards, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that I wanted to mention is, um, you know, like I, I had this dream one day and, <clears throat> sorry, I had to clear my throat. <laughs> but um, I had this dream one day and I noticed that I was constantly dwelling in like my past, right? Mm-hmm. And the dream was basically me in a car, like driving forward and I was trying to put it in park, trying to put it in reverse, keeps going forward. And it's not going fast. It's going slow, but I'm panicking. I'm like, why am I not able to put the car in reverse? Like, I'm looking in the rearview mirror. Like, I'm terrified. Woke up in, like, a panic attack. And I try to, like, pray about it and was like, what, what's this dream about? And I feel like God had to tell me, like, you keep dwelling in your past. It's like, you are looking back. You're, you have so many things that you're holding on to. And you need to just look forward. Right. So being able to have that tunnel vision and look forward and look out for your future self discipline consistency and surround yourself with people that love and support you and definitely just like she said not give people the opportunity to constantly run patterns and cycles onto you because at that point you're just 
playing the victim game. And you have to blame ourselves. You know at what that I mean? Point. At that point, yeah. you have to point <laughs> the finger back at yourself right. and be like, "Well, what am I allowing?" Because if I constantly keep getting, and this goes for any relationship with your parent or you know your spouse or significant other, a friend, just being able to draw the line on like, okay, like when's like the stopping point you know because at this point like you're giving me more wounds when i'm trying to heal my old wounds you know so and then a little bit is like i feel like my my pursuing um that relationship was a little bit um came from my issues with being validated so Mm -hmm. it's like you know like being abandoned I, i didn't feel validated and so whenever he came back into my life I had these expectations mm. that I expected were to be validated. And whenever they weren't, it brought me back to a cycle of, ah, there goes that hurt. There goes that <laughs> there hurt. There goes that hurt. Like, I'm channeling it right back. So all of a sudden, I wasn't a teenager. I was a, I was, you know what I'm saying? I was a five-year-old um, sitting, waiting for my, waiting for a dad that never came, you know, that never came back. So it was like, it put me back into a little girl's place to where, I figured that's whenever I got introduced to compartmentalizing hurt and pain and and where to put where to put people. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And adjusting my expectations of people because my expectations for my mom are going to be up here. Mm. So I can't hold my mom and my dad to the same so expectations right, because right. I know I can get I know that when I set my expectations for my mom, she can meet me here. Mm. I know whenever I set expectations for my dad where he can meet me. So I can't confuse the two and expect that whenever we were, whenever we got reconnected, I got re-disappointed mm. because I was holding him to the same standards as my mom. That part right there. So it's like, you know, just adjusting your, your expectations of people for yourself, like not as a, not as a down to them, but as a protectant for yourself. Like we have to protect ourselves from inconsistent people. How did you, you know how you mentioned your the validation that you were seeking from your dad? How did, do you feel like that affected you in, in your dating life or your relationships? Oh, yeah. And also, how did you cope with that? Like, from going from seeking validation and needing validation because of the wounds from your father to dating and being able to not seek validation or approval from your significant other? Oh, yeah. I definitely, <laughs> as y'all know... <laughs> as my friends know like i i've always tended to date men older than me so i think that's where my my father wound kind of comes into play Mm. and so it's been relationships where i've met men with mother wounds Mm. and my father wound and their mother wounds were sitting there like battling out to where i was looking for someone to validate me so I would be overextending myself and, and doing all these nice things, doing wife things on a, on a girlfriend's salary, <laughs> doing wife activities. And he, and his, with his mother wound, wanted to be taken care of, wanted to be coddled, nurtured. So it was, it was generally sucking the life out of me. It was literally sucking the life out of me. Girl, I feel this in my soul. So it's like to me, like I'm like, okay, like if I if I do this, if I do that, if I'm the most awesomest best girlfriend, if I'm the most awesomest best friend, you know what I'm saying? Somebody's going to look at me and say, Wow, yes, you are. Instead of me looking toward inwards and validating myself, like oh, I'm a badass either way. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have I don't need y'all to validate me. 
I went and overdid acts of service. I went and overdid and put myself on a back burner and didn't invest in my own projects, but would invest in, in my oh, partner yes, and spend yes. all this time with my partner in hopes that I would get some type of validation in return that never came because that's not where I was seeking it from. Mm. I was seeking it from my dad. Got you. You know? Wow. That that's that's some real stuff. Cause I, I definitely have gone through that in my life. And you know, like especially with validation, some people that seek it from their parent, you know, they'll they they might not seek it in their relationships. They might seek it on social media. They might seek it in like their appearance. They might seek it in other ways. And and that's fine. That's that's normal. It's okay. You know what I mean? But there's ways to like overpass that, you know, and yeah. and get through that because I think it all comes down to just being able to love yourself even in your wounds, your trauma, your flaws, and being able to like overcome just the toxic tendencies that you do or, you know, how you cope with certain things. Mm -hmm. So for me, you know, like validation, for example, like growing up without like my father there, I definitely had like the the spirit of abandonment, you know, just feeling yeah. like abandoned, neglected. And it made me want to be like the best I could be for like my significant other in my, in my dating life. Like, and if I didn't meet those expectations, I would feel like just all the way down. Cause I'm like, I'm trying my best to be like just this perfect person. And then I realized like, you know, I'm, I'm doing too much. I'm trying to seek this approval that I don't, I don't need from you. Like yeah. what, this is not gonna, you know, like, but even with um, the wounds that I have, I think dating and like just being able to learn and grow with somebody is a beautiful thing when you have somebody that's doing it with you. But I do think it's important that when getting into your dating life, when you're in the process or if not at all healed from the things that you have dealt with, it can interfere. You know, you have to be willing to make a commitment like to yourself first before you commit to anybody else. Um, and that just starts with recognizing what you need to work on because that stuff will pass on to your relationship and you're literally just adding more wounds to the other person as well projecting your trauma onto other people and I can admit this because even in my relationships I was just like you know always argumentative I it, ha it was a hard time for me to submit because I didn't have a father to really submit to I was always like you know like the man of the household like yeah <laughs> you know so i just wasn't used to it but now i'm starting to learn cuz i'm getting into that feminine soft receiving stage and i'm still learning that because i've healed and i'm still healing every day is a healing journey but it's helped me in my relationships personally so that's just something i recommend for anybody is just to commit to yourself first before committing to somebody else so how do you think that you were able to tap into that um that feminine energy, because that's also, you know, switching from, like, women who have, uh, you know, we, we all have fem feminine and masculine energies within us, but I feel like the result of, um, of trauma and survival mode is that I feel like a lot of times for women, we tend to overexude our masculine energy because Definitely. we didn't have that masculine energy that's going to sit there and and, uh, and compensate for us. So we end up having like a, an imbalance. Mm -hmm. So how do you think that you assess that you one had that imbalance? And then how did you um, how did you come into yourself as a woman? Okay, so let me start off by saying this, right? There's, you know how there's like gifts of tangibility, like materialistics, and then there's gifts of like just meaningful stuff. 
So I feel like people like you and me, we have gifts of patience. Like yeah. we have the gift of patience. We have oh the yeah. gift of understanding. It's we have gift. the gift of wisdom. <laughs> and those are those are really gifts. Those are like gifts you could take to the grave with you. Right. And I feel like for me, it took me a lot to have the gift of like patience. Mm. And the Bible says a soft answer turns away wrath. And me having to realize that you can literally fight fire with fire, but it's not going to be bigger. One of y'all just yeah. going to get burned, right. you know? It's like there's no there's no winning when there's, like, there needs to be a balance. That's why there's yin and yang, black and white, sun and the moon, seasons. You know, you there needs to be balance. And to me, it's like you need to be able to, even in the midst of, like, just being able to understand that, does this really deserve my energy? If somebody's yelling at me, let me talk calmly because that will eventually make somebody feel like, okay, like, I'm yelling and I'm looking stupid. Like, I, like she's not yelling back at me. Like, let me, I used to be like, just like, what's up? Like a Hulk, like just <laughs> like, it was bad. Cause you know, I'm so like girly and I love to do my makeup and I'm just like, I walk in heels and, and then here yeah. I am getting into an argument and then I switch my voice and I'm talking like just a G unit soldier. A like I told soldier. you earlier, you know? <laughs> so I really had to master, okay. Like, I know where this is going because nine times out of ten, us women, we can listen to our gut and our intuition and know where things are heading. Mm -hmm. So it's like I already predict where things are going and I'll just be like, you know what? Somebody's upset with me. Like, if I'm in a relationship and my man's getting upset with me, I'll just be like, hey, like, let's calm down. And when we're both ready to talk about it on a clean slate, like, just not yelling with our emotions, then we could do that. Like, just handling everything in softness because I think people – feed off of others energy like if you start cussing me out i'm gonna start cussing you out and then if if you hit me and i hit you back it's just gonna be fighting that's why when people get into fights and one person loses they they have revenge in their system because that's not gonna fix nothing people yeah. think oh I, I whipped you or i did this and that's the end of it no it it's like it's just burning it's fuel right. so it's like just being able to like handle everything with like grace and love is the way i have operated in my softness and it took me a long time to reach my feminine power you know mm -hmm. what i mean because i was in my masculine so long like girl when my mom would come home with gro groceries my brother i have an older brother never helped her with the groceries i was always like all right mom i got you with the water like you know growing up young always doing everything in the house for my mom so i was always in my masculine energy always helping her fix cars pop the hood open like Things that, like, the men in my household just didn't do. Right. You know? So I think just being able to own it, like, own your power and not, like, drift off or go based off of somebody else's fuel and just staying in your own, like, feminine power. Yeah. What about you? How do you, how do you say you operate in your feminine? I, I definitely think that, um, that lately I've been thriving in my feminine energy. You have. Uh, <laughs> and I love because, it. Thank you. Um, I grew up, you know, with a single mom, uh, a grandmother who was head of the household. Um, and so one thing about them, oh, they're, they're built tough. Mm. Like, they're built tough. So, like, my mom is definitely, like, tapped into her masculine energy. <laughs> my mom is, like, she's an amazing woman. She'll sit there. I've she had she has literally replaced the bumper of her car like 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 last month like mind you she's married now okay. but like <laughs> like girl what kind of Bob the Builder ish is this like she my mom will build a table from scratch like 
She fixed light bulbs. I like, know, she, like, that's impressive. Yo, that's like, really impressive. I call her Barbara the Builder. Like, <laughs> <laughs> literally, like, she's she's on it when it comes to that. But I think that's just a result of her never being able or never wanting to depend on a man. Mm. Um, and so because of that, like, you know, so because I think my mom, thri- like, she is very, like, in her masculine energy a lot of times, I think um, – one thing as I as I started to get on this healing journey and things is um, because I also I also have I also have a pretty good like masculine energy about me as well. Um, Do but you feel like it's hard for you to ask for help? Yes. So now, but now no. Okay. Now I'm more I'm more receptive. Okay. So like you know like the feminine energy is the receiving energy. Exactly. So now I'm more tapped into like. Um, as I get older, as I found my worth, as I found strength of femininity, because I feel like oftentimes we don't associate strength of femininity. We, sh- mm. we associate strength and masculinity. That's so true. So now that I'm like, okay, I can find where I'm strong in femininity. So that's where the creativity flows in. Creativity is feminine energy. Mm. So like just creating, you know, your, your devotional, creating your podcast, creating my podcast, creating my books, you know, tapping into that creative energy um, is where I find myself thriving the most. Mm-hmm. Instead yeah. of whenever I'm in hardcore grind, just so get them all, like, you know, no problem yeah. solving involved, yeah. that's whenever I find myself um, in lack mode. Mm-hmm. So the more that, and the more, the more self-esteem and the more confidence that I grow, the more confident that I feel receiving, you know, because before I had that sense of self-worth, it was hard for me to ask and it was hard for me to receive. You know, because yeah. I always had this, had women around me that were like, I do it on my own. Mm. So it's kind of like giving up those wills and then looking for partners who are willing to let me live like that. Because a lot of men, like, especially like, like in our society right now, they're used to women operating in their masculine energy. So a lot of men, you approach them in your feminine energy and they're like, well, I never had to do this. Like, right. yeah, like you were raised by like a single mom. Like, of course, like you're probably not going to be fully tapped into your masculine energy exactly. if you've never seen a man thrive exactly. in his masculine energy exactly. in the same household. So, And you know what, guys? Like, I read a lot of books now on, like, the roles and, like, just how to thrive and, like, just your woman face, your feminine face, and that's helped me a lot because when you don't have guidance, just like you said, it will throw you off and you'll be lost in the sauce like that, right. you know? <laughs> so I've been just trying to, like, use my resources. Like, podcasts are amazing mm-hmm. to, like, just bettering yourself, but I would recommend just always using your resources and your tools around you because a lot of people will say, well, like, well, how do I master this? Or if I have, if I don't have that example, how am I supposed to know what to do or how to act? And it's really, it really just comes down to we live in a day and age where there's so many resources around us and we can become like the best versions of ourselves if we just use and, you know, actually like give ourselves access to the, those type of things. Exactly. So. And so that is today's episode. Yes. And I would like to thank India so much for this collab, this Bloom Bee Podcast X, the Healing Hour yes. Podcast collab. Um, and let us know where to find you. Like, give us your handles. Where do we find okay. your podcast? What do we have to look forward to okay. coming from you? Oh, okay. Well, first, thank you so much, Athena. I love you so much. You're an amazing person. <laughs> and I always appreciate your company as well as bringing me on to this podcast. Um, you can find me, you can connect with me on my Instagram, which is legend T underscore. And then you can find my podcast, the bloom and be podcast hosted by Thushara and Matthew on 
Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and I do have a 31-day devotional coming up. It also has 31 days of prayer as long as a self-journaling page on there. So that is coming very soon. So stay tuned overall. And, and we again, are so you. excited to tap in. Yes. Thank you so much. And this was this episode. Thank you. Bye, you guys. Bye-bye.